Okay, so that was the uh, Preacher theme song from the first season. We haven't heard that in a while Yeah. on our podcast. And I want to apologize for last episode's Walkers and Talkers. There may not be any music at the beginning of it. That was... Uh, from the Walking Dead. My bad. Yeah, we, we, we may reload it and put music, but if you hear it without music, we know. We're sorry. And I already had someone correct me. Uh, I had said last week, or last episode, that I don't remember ever a walker getting up off the ground. And uh, Ace Angie 34 reminded me that Shane got up off the ground when Carl killed him. And then she wrote spoiler. So. Oh, <laughs> Yay, spoilers catching on. <laughs> so good. Thank you, uh, Angie Angel. So, uh, yeah, I, I know there have been walkers that got up. I just don't remember them ever, like, going on one knee, pushing up with their hands. I mean, there's a lot more involved in getting up. Than yeah, I, that's I don't true. Think. I'm convinced that, again, that if, if the casket was laying down, Sasha would not have been able to get up out of the casket. Unless she had the brains to push herself up with her hands on the sides of the casket. She would just be laying there. Up and, then, and then step out of the casket. Like, <laughs> I, she, right. So the only way that works is if for some strange reason he stands up the casket, which you wouldn't do that. Yeah. Anyway, some Walking Dead news, which I'm sure you're excited about. You probably already know, but they announced the dates for the Walker Stalker Cruise 2018. Are you aware of that? Oh, Man, let me tell you, I need to save my pennies because I've been telling myself for three years, Jamie, you have to go on this. So it's uh, information's at walkerstalkercruise.com, <clears throat> hashtag WSCruise. The dates are January 26th to the 30th. They're leaving from New Orleans, which is fantastic. Wow. Uh, Cozumel on the, on the Norwegian Pearl. Now, I'm going to say selfishly, um, I love Norwegian Cruise Lines. That's who uh, my family uh, uses. We always pick a Norwegian Cruise Line cruise. So if they want to send us, I'd be more than happy to go. Confirmed on the cruise. Um, some regulars, Greg Nicotero and Norman Reedus, who have been on all oh, the cruises. awesome. Jeffrey Dean Morgan will be there again. Oh. Lauren Cohan will be there. Maggie. Alana Maggie, Alana Masterson, Tara will be there. And uh, I think it's his first appearance. Robert Kirkman, the creator of The Walking Dead, will be there. All I saw was more to be announced. Wow, so I'm, I'm surprised like, Robert Kirkman's going. That's awesome. Yeah, either Robert needs the cruise or Robert, he doesn't need the money. Uh, so yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> maybe he just wants the cruise or he likes the fandom. I don't know, but he'll be there. Also, some filming news. There are people who spy on the set of The Walking Dead to see who shows up what days and where. Um, apparently, Gavin's been on set a few days, so uh, hopefully we'll see him killed. But I'm not saying he will be, but yeah. I'm, I'm, saying I'm hoping he will be. And they filmed for three days on a stretch of Veterans Highway in uh, in Georgia. If that's the highway they, they filmed the, um, I believe that's the same stretch of highway, they filmed the original season two car backup, small herd of walkers when um, Carol's daughter ran off. Oh, yeah, and Sophia. It, uh, Sophia, and then that's the same stretch of road where they filmed last season, uh, this season, or, you know, the last one. on The, the barbed wire scene? The barbed wire scene, and so... It leads me to believe that Rick is going to unleash that herd of walkers on the sanctuary, possibly. I think so, too. That could definitely be. Yeah. So that highway will play a prominent role again, especially if they filmed there for three days. And then there were some other things about who filmed where. I don't want to give too much away. But uh, there's a guy on YouTube, PT Channel, yeah. uh, and uh, he specializes in uh, gathering information on filming. Spoilers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's often spoilers, so I don't want to give too much away. You know, he'll say things like, this person hasn't been filming in seven weeks, or this person, yeah, I don't want to get too much away. So anyway, if you want it, it's interesting, but he does give spoilers. He does give a warning, but then there's stuff that may or may not be true that could spoil things for you. So He does get some go. pretty good dirt, though. He does, uh, and, and we try to share the safe stuff. Yes. Okay, so speaking of safe stuff, there is no safe stuff on Preacher. Well, Nothing. should we say this is episode 61? 
Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, welcome to <laughs> Episode 61, I'm David Brody from Elsewhere on the Point Show, and that's Jamie from LFM. So that's appropriate that we spoke so much before mentioning the name of the show and who we are, because that's what Preacher was like. So much happened before the credits ever Holy. started. So let's talk about that, since we just gave away a whole bunch of stuff for yes. our credits. Uh, it was a two-episode premiere. Uh, I had to watch it. Uh, it was a Sunday night, Monday night. I'm glad it wasn't back-to-back. One, I couldn't have handled it. Uh, my heart would have given out. Same. Uh, and, and, and two, Talking Dead, uh, I would have been on Sunday night at you know midnight. So yeah. I'm glad I'm on vacation. Also, speaking of me being on vacation, a couple of people tweeted me and said, you know, why are you doing podcasts? I thought you were on vacation. As I replied to them, I, we, do, we do it for the people. For the people. Yeah, for, for the, the, we're gonna the have, people. <laughs> the people are going to have to do it out next week because I will not be doing a podcast next week. You will not be doing the podcast next week. Yes. So you'll have to, we'll, we'll, we'll do an, a quick overview of Fear and Preacher when we get back, when we review the following episodes, but we just, we can't, uh, we can't record next week. So um, we say next week, it's podcast, we don't know what that is, but the week of July 3rd, there will be no new podcasts. So enjoy this one, it's a long one, and it's, you got, you got a, two this week. It's a double Preacher feature. Yeah, okay, so the Scooby gang is on the road in uh, in Tulip Chevelle. They're on the they're looking to find God and for some reason Cassidy is stretching is stressing about circumcision skin and them being used in face cream. Gross. To which he tells Tulip, Your skin looks really smooth. Um which is kind of gross. Um, they start, the, the radio's on, and uh, Come On Eileen by Dexie's Midnight Runner. I love like, this. One of the greatest one wonders of all time comes on, and they all agree it's a terrible <laughs> song. Yet they all start singing it because it's infectious. All of a sudden, they're going pretty quickly. Tulip's being followed by a state trooper, and uh, they ask her, you know, why she thinks she's being followed, and she says, well, I'm doing 96 miles an hour. Yeah. They decide that uh, they could pull over or they can outrun the cop, and they decide they're going to try to outrun the, uh, the police officer. So she floors it, they go over a pile of dirt, start driving, uh, and then she runs out of gas. Which she knew she was going to run out. So, I mean, they yeah. knew they were going to get caught, but I guess it was the thrill. Yeah, well, they thought they could get away far enough that they either pass the gas station or they would be yeah. safe when they ran out of gas. But she knew it. The cops pull them over. They pull them all out of the car. And, of course, Cassie won't get out of the car without his umbrella because he'll burn in the sun. And uh, he's standing there with the umbrella, which I thought was hilarious. I love him. I, he, I, love, I love his character. He just cracks me up. And more so, Joe, who was the actor who plays him, I love him, too. Every interview, he's actually insane like Cassidy. I don't <laughs> think he's acting. The, the police tell him to put his umbrella down. He won't. So they tackle him, and he starts burning, and he runs into uh, one of the police vehicles. The, the police now realize he was telling the truth. They go after him to pull him out of the car, which, if you just saw somebody burning... Why would you maliciously pull him out of the car? That's when uh, Jesse uses the Genesis power, takes them over, and has fun with them. He makes one officer mace his own balls. Oh. One guy sing, uh, two guys hold hands, and he tells one guy to fill up their car with gas. Yep. Tulip is not a fan of Genesis. She keeps saying that uh, she'd rather have a shootout, and it's not fair. They're, they're taking advantage, and she wants the excitement. It should be a fair fight. The one officer is walking by with the gas canister, he gets shot in the stomach, a huge hole in him, and, and dies right there. And all of a sudden, like, giant rockets and bullets start flying up the road. Jesse looks down the road, and he, he sees that it's, it's the cowboy from hell, All Saints Killer. Yep. He tells all the cops to get down, and uh, the guy spraying his, his balls with mace gets his head blown off. Oh. And all the cops start getting shot. The three of them don't get shot. The cops are all dead pretty quickly. That was sad, the um, guy that was singing. He was, like, kind of still singing with his half his face blown off. I was like, oh. One, one officer uh, got into his SUV, which I thought was a great scene, 
his arm fell off as he was getting in, and then he, he completely died behind the wheel of the SUV, and it started to roll. Meanwhile, Cassidy was under the SUV, trying to keep from having the sun hit him. Yeah. As the car is rolling, he's got to now crawl at the same speed to stay underneath mm. the SUV. And Jesse tells Tulip they got to leave, they got to get out of there, and uh, Tulip says she's not leaving without a car. Again, it's a Chevelle. I'm not leaving without it either. Uh, for, you, for you car buffs, it's either a 68 or a 69 Chevelle. It probably has a 454 engine. Uh, all right, that's too much that, that you need to know. Uh, anyway, you're not leaving that car, especially in that condition. How she doesn't have it demolished at this point, the way she drives, I don't Seriously. know. Seriously. Jesse tells her, well, the car has no gas. You've got to siphon the gas. And Tulip says, with what am I going to siphon gas out of another car for? Now... I understand it was a great scene, but the whole gas tank wouldn't have spilled, even if it's on its side, even if most of it spilled out. So I'm, I'm calling 10% bullshit. I agree. They should have caught the grab the gas, but you know what? It would have ruined the next scene. So I understand writers have the ability, uh, writers' uh, privilege, as they call it. So uh, Cassidy's still under the SUV. The gas can that we were talking about is spilling, and it's, it's moving towards Cassidy's lit, lit joint. He was smoking a joint when the cops pulled him out of the car. <laughs> And so it's about to get blown up. Cassidy tries to slow the SUV down by pulling one of the dead police officers under the wheel. Oh, his head. (laughs) And he puts his head under the thing. And, of course, the SUV goes right over the guy's head. It It pops. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's bad. Um, And just before Cassidy's going to blow up, uh, Jesse saves Cassidy. He pulls him out. You know, he gives him an umbrella. And they speed away in Tulip Chevelle. So you know she must have siphoned the gas somehow. We don't know yet how. Yeah. Uh, and then they go, to, they go to commercial. All of that happened at the beginning of the show. You don't have a chance to catch your breath. No. So the show comes back. The guy's intestine is hanging out of the gas tank in the back of the car. Uh-huh. Uh, and again, if you're not old enough to remember, that's where the gas tank used to be, behind the license plate. Yeah. Before they got smart enough to put it on the side where you might pump your gas. Uh, back in the old days, it didn't matter which side of the pump you were on because the tank was in the middle under the license plate. You'd, you'd tilt the license plate down. That's funny because I was so, watching and I was like, oh, that's a weird place for a gas tank. Yeah, all right. Listen, I'm just <laughs> talking about cars, damn it. <laughs> so you, at this point, you know that Tulip used the uh, intestine of the guy. Oh, I, I left part out. When, uh, when Jesse told Tulip she had a siphon in the gas, she says, with what? He looks over at the guy with the intestines on the road as if to say, use the intestine. Anyway, she ended up doing that. And when they show Tulip, she's got blood all over her face, Ugh. all over uh, around her mouth. She says, I got to get the taste out. I would have had Jesse do it. If he suggested I use intestines, I'd be like, then you can do it. Even on The Walking Dead, when they put the guts on them, they don't put it in their mouth. Ugh, gross. I couldn't, anyway, I couldn't have done it. No, they, uh, well, it's Chevelle. <laughs> stop at a convenience store, and Jesse tells the owner to act like they were never there. Yeah. Which, again, later on, was the worst thing he could have told the guy. Oh, I know. Uh, yeah. So Tulip is drinking everything in the place to get that taste in her mouth, and uh, Cassidy says, here, drink this, trust me, because, you know, he eats animals and drinks blood, so he would know. Yeah. He gives her a yoo which I love. yoo at one point, was a local New Jersey a drink, and it wasn't a national brand. Oh, it was? I, guess, I didn't know that. Yeah, I guess now it's national. It's it's basically uh, chocolate milk instead of, it's not milk, it's like water, so it's chocolate water. It's not no that great. I love it. If you, you shake it up and it gets frothy, bubbly, I love it. I haven't had a Yoohoo in so long. Uh, I have a case of it in my garage, so <laughs> come over, push it some. At that point, Cassidy pulls shrapnel out of his stomach, which is kind of gross. 
And then um, there's a cat, and he calls the cat, and then we hear the cat screaming. Oh. We have to assume he eats the cat. Well, he ate a dog last season, so. Yeah. He, oh, he ate the dog. Spoiler. 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 He ate the dog. <laughs> Tulip tries to pay the guy for all the drinks. She's not stealing it, which is odd. Uh, and the guy doesn't even know she's there. He's oblivious to them being there. So she leaves. Like, they don't understand what happened because they don't know Jesse did that to him. And so they leave, and the owner walks around looking for his cat. He goes outside. He's looking for his cat. The cat's dead. And then the cat comes up the road, walks up to him, and says, Preacher, which, by the way, being a preacher and dressing like a preacher makes it obvious and easy for people to know who you're talking about. Exactly. Because if he was an accountant, and you were an accountant, <laughs> people wouldn't know the guy was an accountant. But he's wearing the, the garb of a priest, so the collar and all. So that certainly makes it easy. Yeah. Also, I went back and watched a montage on YouTube of all of the scenes of the cowboy from the first season. And I completely forgot something. What'd you forget? The guy in the, the, guy in the bar who was antagonizing him, who shot his horse. Yeah. Oh, he was such he was, a jerk. Yes, but he was a preacher. Yes, he was. You're right. He was a preacher. He was an asshole, Which, but he was a preacher. Right, which is why when Fiora and DeBlanc went to visit the cowboy in hell. By the way, Cowboys in Hell, great song by Pantera. <laughs> uh, Cowboys from Hell, excuse me. And um, they, he says, I, we have a job for you. And he says, what kind of job? And obviously DeBlanc killed. Spoiler, of all the professions of the guy they wanted killed, the fact that it was also a preacher was right up his alley. Yep. I was listening to this, figured that out. Um, but I, I guess I hadn't put two and two together. So now I have. So there you go. <laughs> anyway, so the cowboy asks, but the picture is, the owner says he wasn't there because he was told not to remember. The cowboy asks him again, preacher, he was never here. So the cowboy assumes he's lying to him, which, why would you lie to the guy? He's a monster. He, should, he tells the guy to open his mouth. Of course, he opens his mouth out of fear, and he pulls the guy's mouth. Oh, my out. God. I could not. I literally had to mute it because the sound was going to make me throw yeah. up. I, I know it's a stretch. The guy lost his cat. And his tongue. Mm. Normally the expression is, cat got your tongue. Oh, God. <laughs> he lost his cat and his tongue, so. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I guess it's cowboy got your tongue, vampire got your cat. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, God. Guy's having a bad, you know Poor, he's part? having a bad day, this guy, if, he, if he's even still alive. The guy can't even tell anyone that his cat's dead and that the cowboy ripped his tongue out. Oh. Is, uh, 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 Maybe he could, uh, he could write it down. Well, yes, joke slayer. <laughs> yeah. You obviously write it down or type it. Yeah. Yes, he's not incapable of communicating. He has his hands. All right, smart ass. <laughs> well, you say cowboy got your tongue. And, and it's not cat's got your tongue. Right, well, that's because his cat's dead, so the cowboy had to do it. So, so the Scooby gang, uh, they had talked about it in the car. They were going to go see Preacher Mike. They pull into the garage of Preacher Mike, and Cassidy is, uh, Jesse gets out of the car. He says, I'm going to go talk to Mike. And Cassidy is staring at Tulip like he's still into her. Like, he definitely, you know, they, they, they had sex last season, and he still has a thing for her. Oh, totally. He's <laughs> creepily looking at her. Yeah. So he says to, to Tulip, he wants to tell Jesse they had sex. It's the right thing to do. And Tulip says, you don't know him like I do. That would be a huge mistake. That would be, like, the worst thing you could tell him. I'm guessing at some point they tell him. They absolutely should not. Anyway, they hear a noise. I will remind me to come back to this later because it's going to be an interesting quandary. They hear a noise. They go walk around the uh, the garage, and uh, they pull up a sheet or something or tarp, and it's a blonde girl in a cage begging for help. Her, yeah. her name is Ashley. Yeah. And she, I thought she was begging for help. That's she what I thought because she said to Tulip, give me your phone, give me your phone. Right. I We assumed she wanted to call for help. 
That's what I thought, because why the hell is she in a cage in a garage under a sheet? Right. So Preacher Mike, who is an actor, by the way, that I love, he was on 24, he's done every show. He's like the, one of those guys who's an ultimate extra a role player. He says, uh, let's go in the house. You know, you can't hear as much inside the house. Ignore her. They all agree it's, yeah, they all agree it's not their business, and Tulip comes up and says, sorry, and they all go back inside. She's, uh, you can still hear her yelling, and Preacher Mike says, be quiet or I'll call your parents. And then she apologizes and shuts up. And then I was like, what the F is happening? Right. This is, again, the weirdest show on television. Uh, it's very strange. So Tulip asks about the girl. She actually did care about her. And Preacher Mike says it's to help with urges, sex, and Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> so Twitter is apparently in this town uh, and to our parents. Just as bad as drugs and sex. Apparently, uh, and that's why she said, give me your phone, give me your phone, because she's addicted to the Twitter. Right. Okay, so Tulip says, I can't believe you put them in a cage. And Cassidy's like, yeah, I can't believe it either. And so for a second you think Cassidy is, is on the same page, and he says, you should have her in chain to a wall in the basement. I, I Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My God, he's crazy. Yeah, Jesse tells Preacher Mike God is gone. Preacher Mike says he prayed to God. God didn't answer him, so he must be gone. Yeah, that's how it works. God doesn't answer you, so he must be gone. But I guess Preacher Mike has often, often has conversations with God, so good for him. They end up staying the night, all in the same bed. Um, Cassidy says... So awkward. <laughs> yeah, Cassidy says, you probably wanted to have sex. Uh, it's okay with me if you want to jump on top of each other, whatever. It's okay. And then he talked uh, about his parents in Ireland, like, basically doing each other on top of him. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, oh, yeah, we're all in one bed. So, yeah, I'm uh, used to it. Just, you know, if you want to go for it, you know, just do it. I'm I'm fine. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, we've seen Jesse and Tulip have sex, and staying in one place is not what they do. Uh, no, it's not. They're all over the place. Sex Up, goals right head, there. Upside down. Unreal sex that doesn't happen in, in real life. I know. I'm married. I, I know for a fact. <laughs> that's not what sex looks like. Anyway, Jesse obviously can't sleep. He's got two people in bed with him, and one of them is Cassidy. So he goes outside and has a conversation with Preacher Mike uh, middle of the night. So Preacher Mike wants proof of Genesis. He's not, not sure he believes that Jesse has this power. So Jesse tells him to break something, and Mike throws his drink down, his beer bottle, whatever it was, and he clearly believes him. So he tells Jesse about a woman he met named Tammy, who was pale as a ghost, who told him she had just met God, and he gives her card to Jesse so that they could go speak to this woman because, obviously... Mike believes she may have really met God. Yeah. So they get it. They, they leave in the morning and drive off, and the camera pans up the road, and you don't see anything, but you could sense the cowboy's coming. Oh, he's coming, all right. Later on in the morning, preacher Mike hears something, grabs a knife, sits down in his chair. The dog's barking at something. He pours a drink, and he waits. At this point, the cowboy walks in, and he says to the cowboy, kind of ballsy, you broke my door and my dog. Because clearly he must have killed the dog. And, you know, his vocabulary, very expensive. The cowboy says, preacher. He offers him a whiskey and tells him movie and song lyrics. He says he went to Dodge City to meet up with Wyatt Earp. And he says, where is he? He says, Georgia, Midnight Train. For those of you who don't know, it's a famous song, Midnight Train to Georgia. Yeah. He says, where is he? And uh, preacher Mike says, he's on his way to San Antonio to cornhole your mother the whore. I was like, oh, shit. I was like, that is not what you want to be telling this guy. <laughs> yeah, the guy's on, he knows he's dead at this oh, point. Oh, he I totally, guess. totally. The cowboy says, you know who I am? And he says, you're the saint of killers. Well, he says, you're the, and then on the screen it says, saint of killers. Dun, dun, the dun. Same dun. The same way last season it said, hell. Yep. <laughs> uh, so the cowboy says, you know that knife? 
won't stop me from asking because he's got the knife next to the chair where he's allegedly hiding it, but the cowboy knows. So again, he says, you know that knife won't stop me from asking. And uh, he says, no, but it'll stop me from saying, which is a great line. And he takes the knife and he stabs himself in the heart. Oh, God. Yeah. That was hard to uh, watch. It was. I mean, it wasn't as uh, hard as um, uh, Ted Ryerson ripping his own heart no, out. No, oh, my God, heart. stop. That was the worst. That was the worst. But anyway, so he stabs himself in the heart. Painful, slow death. The um, cowboy walks out. Side note. Like Enid trapped in the closet, is Ashley still in the cage? <laughs> yes, that's what I was going to get to. Oh, my God, great minds yeah. think alike. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I said it creates a quandary later on, because the poor girl is in the cage. Oh, my God, uh, and her parents are going to think she's being, like, extra bad because they never got a phone call like, hey, your kid's better, she's off the Twitter, can you come pick her up? <laughs> yeah, one of the things she yelled was, I just need to post something, I just want to post it on Instagram. Oh, God. I think Ashley's still in the cage. She's still in the cage. And we, you know what? We won't get an update because she can't post. <laughs> Although, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if, if somebody clever uh, has already created a Ashley, Ashley account. Yeah, Ashley in the cage account and uh, <laughs> is updating her life from the cage. Oh, that would be hilarious. And tweet us if you find this Twitter account. <laughs> and by the way, um, I know that our podcast only went up last night for uh, Fear the Walking Dead. But we asked people to create a meme for us, and uh, we have not gotten that meme yet. Nobody's not yet? Created, no, no one's created the meme. So if you haven't heard the podcast, go back and listen to episode 60. Uh, we, we had a meme request, and nobody has done that yet. Oh, Okay. Um, where are we at? Okay, so the Scooby gang shows up to Tammy's strip club. At this point, I was hoping Tammy was a stripper. Oh. We soon find out she's not. She is most uh-huh. definitely not a stripper at she no. she's. Yeah, one of the things we, we learned in the Talking Preacher is that this strip club is actually in New Orleans, and it was used in a, I think it was a Two Chains video? Yeah, uh, yes, so, it was. I saw that. Yeah. So, although they're still in Texas, on the show, they're headed to New Orleans to find God. We'll, we'll talk about why later. It's obvious they, they filmed out a sequence if they're already filming in New Orleans for the strip club. So, True, yeah. Going, um, anyway, uh, when they walk in the strip club, Cassidy says, I'm going to go look around, which is nice of him to do in a strip club. Oh, of course. You know, he's got to just uh, survey the yeah. land. There's a guy watching the news, and Tulip asks what happened, and he says, a whole town blew up. And she says, what town? And Jesse pulls her away. So she still has no idea that the town they're from is gone from mm-hmm. season one. Spoiler. Also, when they were in the um, convenience store getting drinks, there was a report on the TV about the town or on the radio. And she was oblivious to it at that point. Yes. So she keeps almost finding out about how her town is gone, but not yet. Anyway, Jesse and Tulip enter Tammy's office. She's an old lady, not a stripper. So disappointed. She's looking at the security cameras, which uh, are off in the private rooms where you get the lap dances. The security guard says, hands in room 30, which most strip clubs, at least from what I've read on the Internet. From you what you've touch, read? <laughs> yeah. You can't, the, you can't touch the strippers yeah. in the private rooms. Again, in most strip clubs. From what I understand, there are some that you can, but not in this one. Don't apparently. you pay extra for that? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't read that far ahead. Okay. <laughs> anyway, it's it's Cassidy touching the stripper, of course, and security's coming after him. Jesse said to Tammy, did you see God? And she tries to blow it off, 
but her hands are shaking. So he says, look, you know, it's okay. And she says, look, God came in a couple of times, sat in the back, kept to himself. But other than that, he was just a customer. She's being, you know, really difficult. And Jesse asks Tula permission to use Jennison. And Tula says, she is being a dick, and she has stupid hair. But really, only as a last resort. I'll beat her up if you want. It was just so funny how they were just saying all the shit in front of her like she yeah. wasn't there. <laughs> I really loved that. So she realizes that she's about to get her ass kicked or, or she's in some danger. And she calls for Doug, who I assume is the uh, security guard, who is going to room three to break up the stripper and Cassidy. Yeah. Tulip says, men go to strip clubs to see women, but if they keep coming back, it's because they fell for one particular stripper. Yeah. As this is going on, Cassidy's beating up Doug on the monitors. Uh, they're flying all over the room. Jesse says, Jesse's about to use Genesis when Tammy pulls a knife. And while he's trying to calm her down, she gets shot. Now, when she got shot, did you think it was the cowboy shooting her? What did you think at first? I, you know, I didn't even know what to think at first because I thought it, it had to have come from another room or something. But I couldn't figure out what was happening right when it happened. I didn't think it was the cowboy. I just think she was a casualty by accident. Okay. Uh, but I, but I, I was I, really I, confused. So as she's dying, she tells Jesse that God didn't come in for a stripper. He came in for the jazz band. You idiot. Um, <laughs> you, yeah. And that when he meets God, he will shit himself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he did say that. Yeah. Uh, and then Doug runs in with Cassidy, and it's clear he shot her through the wall by accident. So technically it's Cassidy's fault. And then she dies. She's of no more help. But I guess she, she told what she had to tell him she's dead. The Scooby gang checks into a hotel. Tulip flirting with Jesse locks herself in the bathroom. And he says, open the door. And she says, you know, you have to open it. No, you come but, open it. Right, you come open it. So Jesse punches a hole in the door and they have crazy sex. Yes, yeah, sex goals crazy, right there. Crazy, unreal, <laughs> Hollywood. I mean, the guy's not just laying there. So right away, it's not real. Yeah. <laughs> but I call bullshit sex. He's lifting her up. He's bending her. I get, you know, in the top. On, I, you know, they were getting I mean, in angles and positions. I think one point Tulip was like hanging on the coat rack and uh, I, like pulling herself up and down. I'm like Jesus. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, they show they show that they're banging on the wall in the bed. Oh, poor Cassidy. Good God, this the, uncomfortable. In the next room with the woman he's fantasizing about getting banged all over the place. And he know he hears it. Uh, Jesse goes outside to smoke after crazy sex, and here comes the cowboy again. Okay, couple things. I mentioned this two podcasts ago, maybe mm-hmm. when Madison when Madison was smoking, and yes. I said I didn't like it. I'm not a fan of smoking. I apologize. I don't want to offend anybody. It's not a healthy thing, uh, and to prove it's not a healthy thing, every time Jesse goes outside to smoke, the cowboy comes or somebody gets <laughs> somebody's gonna die. Someone's gonna die. So he tells the cowboy to stop with his Genesis voice. And it doesn't work. The cowboy draws his gun on him, and that's where the episode ends. Overall, a great first episode. Very intense. There weren't a whole lot of down moments. There was explosions, crazy sex, deaths. Tongues being ripped out. <laughs> not doing the crazy sex. <laughs> okay, so instead of scenes for the next episode, since it was on the next night. We'll just do the next episode. <laughs> yeah, well, they did scenes for season two. Yes, they did. And so we got to see a couple more characters from the comics. We saw our face, Eugene. We saw Hitler. We saw an organization of men in white suits that want Jesse dead. And so a lot of these characters are from the comics. Now, keep in mind, season one of Preacher, a reminder, all took place before the comic book started. 
That yep. was all bonus material. Which I love. So now, it's a great way to set it up. Yeah, like backstory. I think so, it was needed, yeah. Yeah, so now we're in the comic book world where, according to the executive producer who was on Talking Dead, a lot of his favorite characters are going to start showing up that weren't in the first season. Yeah. Because, he, you know, they weren't. there wasn't room, he said. But now that it's the comic books, the same way The Walking Dead loosely follows the comics, they're going to start doing that now. I sat down, I guess, on Monday, Monday night, to get ready for episode two expecting another exciting episode, and that's what we got. Preacher kicks ass. I, I just, I want to say that now. <laughs> I love the show. All right, let's get into it. Episode two, Mumbai Sky Tower. It picks up right where we left off. The cowboy fires at Jesse. A truck drives across the road and gets in between the cowboy and Jesse, and the, the bullet destroys the driver. Oh, yeah. The truck swerves and hits the cowboy and crushes him against the pole. For some reason... Jesse thinks the cowboy's probably dead, which, you know, that's not how the show works. That's not how television works. The noise causes a bunch of people to run out of the hotel with high-powered weapons, and then they show a sign that says, Welcome Greater Association of Gun Aficionados. I saw that. I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, which, by the way, is an, the anagram for that is Gaga. So <laughs> that, was, that was cute. I like that. It's all gun owners that happen to be staying at this hotel. Very convenient for, this, for the show. Yeah, right. If it was... Uh, Plant fans or stamp collectors <laughs> wouldn't have been quite as exciting. Anyway, the cowboy starts moving the truck. He's alive, and he looks pissed. Jesse tells the gun guy, stop him, with his Genesis voice. And they all start firing at him with no use. I mean, that yeah, it was just not happening. And then a woman who has, like, a mortar cannon of some kind shoots like a, like a bazooka. I know! What the hell? <laughs> yeah. And keep in mind, this is something she had. She ran out of bed in her pajamas with, and she shoots him, and it looks like she blew him up completely. And they're all high-fiving her, celebrating that she, you know, she killed him. Uh, no, no, she didn't. None no. of them did. <laughs> the cowboy's still coming. Um, he tells them with his Genesis voice to run, but they don't, and the cowboy starts killing all of them. Jesse runs into the room where Tulip is watching the news. Tulip finally sees the town. It was destroyed. She has a very lost look on her face. Then a bullet comes through the window and blows up the TV. Which, by the way, as a TV lover, I'm offended by that. <laughs> Can't shoot a TV. What did the TV ever do to you? But it's TV. <laughs> Hashtag free the TVs. <laughs> free the TVs. I love it. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, so there's people going by the window, like silhouettes of guys with guns. They run down the hall and they hide in the vending area where the soda machine, the candy machine, the ice machine are. This part, this guy must have been in shock. I was going to say, I was like, wait a minute. What? How is he acting like so casual? Like, I just need a root beer slash I'm missing a whole arm. Yeah, his arm is missing. It's a bloody stump. And he walks in and he, as if nothing's wrong, and he, he says he wants root beer, but the machine gave him a ginger ale. And he was still coherent enough to, like, realize the difference. <laughs> it was like a crow was eating his brain. A raven was pecking away at him. I actually thought of that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the, the the cowboy is right around the corner down the hallway, knocking on doors and shooting people. Uh, he's basically killing everyone in the hotel. And they are trying desperately to open the window in this room to get out. And the guy's making too much noise, and he attracts the cowboy. But by the time the cowboy gets there, they've already gotten out the window. Yeah. And then the credits roll. Again, all of this happened before the credits. And this was all the stuff in the road and the guy and the, the rampage. I mean, that was really intense before the credits. Yeah. Uh, again, love the show. Okay, so Fior uh, shows up, your, your favorite, one of your favorites. Oh, and, the uh, old he, blue eyes. 
all blue eyes. He goes to uh, uh, the casino in the lobby of the hotel. He gets a room. He looks at a picture of himself with the blonde. He gets all sad, and he hangs himself. And then, of course, he reappears in the bathroom. I was going to say, but we all know he's going to come back. Two things. One, I think it showed how desperate he is to die. Yeah. Because that's a theme throughout the episode. And two, Sad. it's a reminder It's a reminder that he comes back to life. Yeah. And that he's trapped in this loop. Oh, that's true. Also, uh, some people may have forgotten that he can just regenerate. He goes to the casino. He gambles. He wins. Goes back to the room. He suffocates himself with a bag. And then, of course, he's back. He has sex with a hooker. He gives her all his winnings. And then he shoots himself in the head. And, you know, and he keeps coming back to life. Listen, I know you can come back to life and he's trying to kill himself. But he seems to be choosing painful ways to die. I know. They're not... They're not easy deaths. <laughs> you're, you're still going to feel that pain, I would imagine. You have that memory. I would think so. But finally, he goes to the nightclub, and the singer comes over and hands him the mic as if he should sing the song. He sticks it in a champagne bucket of ice oh, and kills cool. himself. He reappears on stage, and the audience loves it. They think that's part of the act. He then becomes the magician's, he becomes a magician's assistant. The singer becomes a magician. I guess he had to cue the, the uh, singer in to what, what's going on, because the magician's singer keeps killing him. Cuts him in half, shoots him in the head with an arrow, and the audience thinks it's a trick. Here's my question. You don't realize he's really dead. (laughs) Here's my question. What are they doing with all of his his dead bodies? Oh, yeah, that's true. I don't don't know. I mean, they keep piling up. Yeah, because remember last season, there was like just piles and piles of their bodies? What's what's Fior doing with all the bodies in his room? That's a good question. They never address that. Okay, I'm calling corpse bullshit. (laughs) Corpse bullshit. (laughs) Yeah, they got to be somewhere, so... Where's the magician putting them? Anyway, the uh, the gang shows up at the casino. They are aware that Fior has this magic act, although they're convinced he's the Blanc. Oh, yeah, they so didn't I, realize it was the wrong guy. Yeah, the, the Blanc is uh, the blonde one, right? Yeah. So Cassidy asked Jesse, he's angels. Uh, how did we leave it with them? And, Je- you know, like, did we leave on good terms with them? And Jesse says, you know, meaning they don't leave on good terms with anybody. No. So pretty much pretty much same as always. They go backstage, they talk to Fior. He tells him about the Saint of Killers. He wants to kill Genesis and Jesse. And he says, I know this because I'm the one who hired him. Dum, 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 dum. I, I was a little bit shocked. I was like, what? At this point, Jesse finds out the cowboy's tracking him. Whatever he uses, Genesis. Yep. Because so, he says to, to Fior, you know, Fior says, what are you going to do? Use Genesis on me now? Try to trick me into telling the cowboy not to come after you? Yeah. You know, that's how he tracks you. He tells Fior God's gone missing and nobody knows where. And if Genesis is destroyed, we'll never find God. He says, we're on the same side now. And Fiora says, oh, that's interesting. I don't give a shit. Yeah. He goes out on stage, and before he does, he says, by the way, I'm Fiora, not the Blanc. You're trying to act like you're my buddy. You don't even know my name. Yeah, like, you asshole. I'm, you got the wrong guy. I'm this guy. So Cassidy says, I have an idea. It'll only take two hours and 45 minutes. <laughs> so I, random. <laughs> I have a skill set, which was sort of like uh, the movie Taken when Lee Neeson did I have a particular set of skills. I will find so, you. <laughs> Tulip tells Preacher she's uh, sad about everyone who died in the town, especially Walter. She's sad about it. Then she says to Jesse, let's go have sex and get over it. I'd be down for that. So they have sex. Jesse says, let's get married. And Tulip slaps him in the face and reminds him he hates marriage. Yeah. Again, the sex must have been really good because, you know, he ship, wants to get married and have had sex again. Hashtag so, ship him at a casino. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, listen, marriage is a gamble. Hello. <laughs> oh, that was good. <laughs> yeah. Fior comes back into his hotel room. Cassidy's there with a leather smock, equipment, and a blowtorch. I thought he was going to torture him, didn't you? 
I didn't know, to be honest, I didn't know what the hell was going to happen. I didn't know if he was going to get freaky, he was going to torture him, he was going to blow something up. I thought he was going to torture him. Anyway, it, it turns out he's, he's making heroin. He's making a speedball. Casual. He convinces Cassidy to, to try the drugs, and he injects Cassidy in the neck, and uh, Cassidy dies and reappears because so, he gave him too much. Yeah. So he does, it, he does it again, he lowers the dose, and then Fiora's flying. They're running around the room like kids, they're bonding. They're, they're playing frisbee. Crazy. They're in a hot tub. They're doing the craziest stuff. They're building a fort. Um, Which, do you think they? Do you think they had sex at any point? I wasn't sure, but then on on talking preacher, they're like, yeah, I think they did. I'm pretty sure they did. <laughs> now, they, they, they said about, Cassidy just doesn't care about his body or who he gives it to. He just will do whatever. Um, we cut back to Jesse and Tulip in the lobby bar. They're waiting online to get married. Uh, when a big bald guy locks eyes with her, she freaks out. He obviously, they, they know each other. She tries to find them. She can't. This is all while they're waiting to get married. He knocks on her door. He, he obviously tracked her down. Yeah. She says, you know, come in. Back to Jesse. He's talking to a club singer while they're waiting for Tulip. The singer tells Jesse, it, you know, it's all about the music. The answer to all of life's questions is music. And then a light bulb goes off behind Jesse. Did you catch that? I, I did, actually. The little, like, lamp on the table, right, or something? Yeah. That was yeah, to represent it, his epiphany. Yeah, his idea. Like, oh, a light bulb went off. Light bulb. And he, he remembered that God likes jazz. Yes. And if, if, if you're going to, you know, that that's the key. So at some point they realized that if he likes jazz, he probably would go to New Orleans. Yep, that's jazz capital. Yeah. Anyway, Tulip and Gary are uh, in the room, and they're, they're talking at all times, and it's very cordial. And then she says, I forgot that Victor has slot machines here in Texas. Forgive me. I am I am blanking who Victor is. Well, they don't tell you who Victor is. Oh, so we didn't know this already? It's not that I forgot? No. Oh, okay, good. I feel better now. Okay. Victor is a mobster who owns slot machines, and she probably owes money to him or a favor, or she did something wrong. That wouldn't and surprise so, me. Right. And this is typical mob style. He says, Victor's been looking for you, and uh, you need to call him right now. And she's like, I didn't realize he had slots here in Texas, meaning, uh, you know, I wouldn't have come here, but uh, I didn't realize I didn't realize I was walking into one of his casinos. Yeah. And she says, can't call him right now, I've got a thing, meaning she's going to go get married. And he says, then I'll call him. Tulip knocks the phone out of his hands, and he has to go pick it up. She goes to punch him, and he chokes her, grabs her by the neck, and he slams her around the room. She's a little and- tiny peanut compared to him. <laughs> She tries to reach for the gun. She can't reach for it. She's trying to find things to hit him with. Finally, he's he's holding her down. He's trying to make the phone call to Victor, but he can't get a cell reception, which was hilarious. <laughs> and then she picks up the heart-shaped vibrating thing that tells you when your wedding's ready. You know, like when you go to a restaurant and it's like, booze, your table's ready. It's like, booze, you can right. come to the chapel now. <laughs> right, this is the cheesiest thing. She <laughs> it made me laugh. Bashes, bashes his face with it. He's dead, right? She, like, killed him. I think she knocked him out, destroyed him. Oh, I thought she, like, put it through his eye, maybe, because all the blood on the wall, I thought she killed him. I would have killed him. But he might be. Anyway, Fior is, is, is getting ready to get married because the hotel is the Taj Mahal, and they're waiting for Tulip. At this point, Fior reminds Jesse that Eugene Arspace is still in, in hell and tells him he won't get out because I'm not going back to hell to get him out. Arspace. Our space. Oh. You could tell Jesse had completely forgotten that he sent our space to hell. I think we all kind of did for a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. And it looks like next episode we're going to see our space in hell. Yeah. That was the scene at the end of Talking Dead. Yeah. That we see our space in hell. But we'll get to that later. Tulip arrives at the wedding. 
and, and says she's changed her mind about marriage. It doesn't matter. And uh, as long as we have each other. And Jesse sort of, I don't know, I guess he was relieved but also sad. He, yeah, it was a combo there. He looked sad but relieved. Yeah, I think he would have done it, though. I think he, I mean, he was ready. He was down there, had a thing on his head. He was, he was ready. So they're getting ready to leave. They're outside. Cassidy says goodbye to Fior, and Fior looks like he's really going to miss him. Like, it's his new best friend. Fior doesn't even want to let him go. Like, it's his new buddy. It's his new drug pal. It looks like <laughs> like he's, like, almost in love with him a little bit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. For some reason, Jesse tells Fior they're going to New Orleans. Tulip overhears this and looks terrified. So for some reason, in addition to Texas, she doesn't want to go to New Orleans. Figure out why that is, I guess, next episode. Yeah, she did look very um, concerned. Yeah. As they're leaving, Jesse, being dumb as a brick, after Fior told him not to use Genesis, it shouldn't be in the hands of man, he, he tells Fior, find peace. And hello, that's how he tracks him, so you know he's going to be there in a hot second. Well, in fairness... Fior did say he would call off the cowboy. And Do we so, believe him though? Really, he did say I don't give a shit before. Yeah, but then, right, but then he said he would he would talk the cowboy down um, because they got to find God and because he bonded with Cassidy. And so Jesse needs to use the Genesis power to bring the cowboy to the hotel. Yeah, he chooses to say find peace. I I guess he thought he was helping Fior be happy, which he should have said be happy. Yeah, but he told him to find peace, and the only way Fior to find peace is to be dead. The cowboy enters Fior's dressing room. The cowboy asks if the deal is still on. Now, we find out the deal is if I kill the preacher, I get to see my family again. Yep. His daughter and now, wife. I don't know how he's going to pull that off because they're dead, but I guess if they're in heaven, that'll, you know, there's a way. Um, I guess wouldn't the cowboy just go from hell to heaven then or something? Or oh, No, you can't get into heaven. You can't just go to heaven. Oh, my God. Would he send maybe... They were going to send his family to hell. Who knows? Well, whatever the case, Dior promised this, this to him, and uh, he believes it. And that's his motivation. Uh, that's pretty good motivation. Uh, yeah. So then Fior turns on Jesse and says he can't be trusted. He's going to keep using Genesis. He tells the cowboy they're headed to New Orleans, or New Orleans, as I keep saying it. And then at, before the cowboy gets to leave, he says, I have one more job for you. Now, at that point, did you know what the job was? Mm. I had a slight feeling, but I wasn't quite sure if he was going to be able to follow through or not, because he keeps coming back. I'll tell you why I knew it was what it was. Earlier in the episode, Fior reminded us that the cowboy killed the Blanc. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And that you can kill an angel because the cowboy did. Yep. Fior takes the stage that night. I knew he was going to be shot by the cowboy. Oh, this was um, sad. <laughs> and he comes out on stage. He's shot by the cowboy. He found peace. His face just looked very tranquil. But the crowd booed him. I know. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so <laughs> awful. I know. Oh, God. He didn't, he didn't come back to life. So they're like, boo. Meanwhile, the magician's screwed because he hasn't got an act anymore. Oh, crap. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> anyway, that was the end of the episode. The scenes from next for next week that were shown during Talking Preacher is uh, he's in prison with a, a crazy light on the ceiling. It looked like a, a probe light or something. Yeah, it's a weird prison cell. Not a lot on Talking Preacher other than it was just interesting. The executive producer Sam uh, Catlin was on. Dominic Cooper plays Preacher, uh, who, who has a British accent, of course, because most of them do. And so does the and cowboy, I'm... Graham. They all, they're all they all British. Good Lord. Was Graham McTavish British? Yeah. No, I didn't pick up on that. But he's a big man. 
He is a big man. I didn't realize he had no hair. Yeah, he well, looks I, he looks good with the cowboy hair, though. He does have the, he does have the beard, though. Yes, he does. He does have that part. Yeah, there was there was one more one more trailer that came out since we did the podcast yesterday for Fear. They released a, an almost two minute long trailer. It's called Are You Afraid? So just go on YouTube and search Fear the Walking Dead. Are You Afraid? It's about a minute and forty seven minute forty eight seconds long. Jake teaches Alicia how to use uh, an automatic rifle, which is a pretty cool scene. Awesome. Alicia asks him, who takes over the ranch when your father dies? Uh, assuming that he will. And Jake says, whoever these people look to as their leader, they're libertarian. You know, as far as power structure, they just support who they want to support. He says anyone could be the leader. I'm wondering if that's painting picture of maybe the chance for Madison to take over the ranch. Yeah. You know, like if Jake dies... Little foreshadow. Yeah, anyone who proves to be a leader might be voted to take over. Let's see. There was an Ophelia update. Oh, Dayton Ophelia. Cal- yeah, Dayton Callie, who plays Jeremiah. You may remember he's the one who stopped her at the border. Yeah. And said, welcome to America, assuming that she was, you know, a Mexican and didn't speak English. Mm-hmm. This is what he says in the interview. Now, this is him talking as the character. Oh, okay. I don't know if he should have said this, if he was talking out of school. He says, I found her in the desert took her and had a brief conversation with her and left her in the desert to die or not die. It's up to her, whatever she is. So I'm not holding her hostage or anything so people can be rest assured of that. Whether someone else whether someone else has her, that's not my business. I kind of vetted her out in the desert and decided she's better off in the desert than back at camp. Hmm. Exactly. Hashtag, where's Ophelia? <laughs> yeah, so my guess is She's with the uh, Native American. She's with Walker, right? That's got to be where she That's is. Got, I mean, where else would she be, right? Which also means that now Daniel has a reason to go after that guy. I found it interesting, though, that this big mystery on the show is where is Ophelia? And this guy's doing an interview, which was on um, comicbook.com, giving away the fact that he doesn't have her. Well, remember last year, Mercedes Mason, who plays Ophelia, she, we, like, we didn't know what happened, and she tweeted out as herself as Mercedes Mason that, oh, yeah, you'll see Ophelia in uh, two episodes from now. And it was like, right. oh, yeah. oh, my God, you just gave away that you're coming back. We didn't know. Yeah, so there's definitely a pattern of people, you know, Spoiling being... Ophelia. <laughs> yeah, spoiling Ophelia. Hello. There you go. So that's it. So we have a, we have a, a week and a half off now. I am sorry for the poor sound quality, but I'm, again, recording in the uh, Dodge studio. The Dodge home studio? Uh, Dodge home studio. <laughs> not a sponsor. And there you go. So uh, enjoy the week off of podcasts. Everyone, thanks for listening, even though the sound quality is terrible. Yes, thank you, and, guys. Uh, and uh, two podcasts in the same week, different shows. This is going to go on another couple of weeks with both shows. Yeah. And then I believe Fear the Walking Dead is going to do a two-hour mid-season finale, in which case I don't know if Preacher will be off that week or we'll just be up till midnight watching Talking Dead. But anyway, it's time. What time is it? It's It's time time to shut that shit down. down. (laughs) That's fine. Sorry, guys.